Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to Of the Essence with Liz. I am your host, Liz Walsh, and I'm so excited to bring you a new episode this week. It is super juicy. I sat down with my friend Ashley Pollard. She is a women's intimacy coach, and we got into all topics, um, including sex, threesomes, and more. So quick little disclaimer, this is definitely not safe for work. If you are tuning in at work, might want to tune in later on. Um, It is a juicy one. I think you guys are going to love it. So yeah, let me know what you think. And I just love you all so much. I appreciate you for listening. If you love the podcast, I would be so appreciative if you'd leave a review. And for those of you who have left reviews, thank you. I really appreciate it. It helps to improve my visibility and create more community. And I just love you all so much. And I love connecting with you. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Let me know what you think. Welcome back to the podcast. So excited to bring you another episode today. We have Ashley with us. Ashley is a sex enthusiast, intimacy coach, squirter, and vegan on Wednesdays. Ashley is an intimacy coach and advocate for women's health, pleasure, and desires. She has been actively doing the inner healing work for the past two years and is passionate about sharing it with other women. And we actually connected through some of that work um, through Desire on Fire. So welcome, Ashley. Thank you. So excited to have you on today. And first, I just wanted to go into like a little bit of how we met. We just, I guess we just met in Desire on Fire. I don't even remember being in a smaller container, but we connected. And I remember I was very intrigued that you we're living in Portland and you had moved there with your husband. And yeah, I just was very like interested in your life. Can you tell me a little bit about how you and your husband met? Yeah. So yeah, we met in Pleasure Mastery and we were both in that first cohort that they they hosted. And yeah, I don't remember like any one-on-one connection with you in there, but I know we've connected um, just on Instagram since it's been, it's been really fun to follow each other's journeys uh, since then, two years ago, almost years ago, which is so crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. So my husband and I will be celebrating 11 years together this year, which is so fun. And yeah, we met in college. It was a time in our lives where neither of us really wanted a relationship. And the pull was there. The, The connection was there. The desire was so loud. And it was just there was no way to ignore it. And yeah, we've just been inseparable since. And I feel so cheesy even saying it, but it's, it's true. And I just feel a connection with him that I've never felt with anyone else. Um, and then, you know, two years ago, I found this inner work. Uh, Pleasure Mastery was my first real deep dive into this like inner healing world. And I mean, our connection is 20 times deeper than it was prior to starting Pleasure Mastery. I mean, it just gets deeper and deeper and it's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think a huge part of it is just like we prioritize playfulness. We prioritize openness, open communication and yeah, just keeping it real. Like We are just not fake with each other at all. That's so important. Communication is key. And I'm curious since you met when you were not really wanting a relationship, what was that like for you? And how long did it take you to realize that, okay, maybe we weren't necessarily looking for this, but we do want to be with each other? Yeah. So he had just gotten out of a relationship. And this is like, I think we met August, right before his sophomore or junior year in college. And then my college years were kind of funky just because of yeah i was in community college and working you know working more and i so i don't know where i was in mine but you know probably somewhere in the middle of my sophomore year and yeah it was just that time where it was like you could tell we both just wanted to live it up in college i had just gotten out of a a really i think we're going to talk maybe a little bit about feminine and masculine dynamics and i mean that relationship prior to jake that's my husband's name um it was a really wounded relationship he was a really did masculine he was that example and I needed I needed to breathe and yeah you could just you just knew both of us did not want a relationship and as we met and got to know each other we 
shared that with each other. But the more, you know, day by day, we were just spending more and more time together and we just ended up together. How long did it take from like when you guys met till you decided to actually be together? Yeah, funny question. So I wish I could remember what month we actually met in, but I think it was end of July, early August, somewhere in there. And we didn't do anything sexually. We didn't kiss until our first date. So I remember it very clearly. He asked me on a date and I was so excited when he left. I like danced around the house. I had a couple of roommates. One of them was a male. And I remember just being like, ha ha, Jake wants to go on a on a date with me not you ha <laughs> like just totally kidding I was so excited and yeah that day was our first date our first kiss and our first time we slept together and yeah so I guess it was a, a three-month window and yeah that was 2011 and 2014 we moved in together and then 2017 we moved here to Portland and I listened to, you know, some of your episodes and it sounded very similar. Your move to San Diego where you just felt that pull, that desire. That was like, it doesn't make sense. I don't know why, but I have to lean into this. And, you know, 2017, it was May and Jake and I were like considering staying in Missouri. That's where we had been our whole lives. And so it just seemed like the next step, all of our friends were you know, doing the kid thing and buying the house thing and, you know, settling down. And we're like, okay, guess that's the next step for us, even though we don't want kids. But like, I guess we'll look at houses. And I, then come July that year, I was applying and accepting a job in Portland and we were on our way and we were here in August. So like May, we had no idea. June, July, we started getting this like whisper and we drove out here. It was a three-day process from St. Louis, Missouri. Yep, we moved from St. Louis, so way eastern Missouri. Three days in the car, uh, different cars, so, you know, just riding so low. And we get here, and it's the hottest day of the year, and we unload the U-Haul as quick as we humanly can. And he goes and drops off the U-Haul, and he comes back, and, you know, at that point, we're six years in, never seen him cry. He gets back from dropping off the U-Haul. He, like, looks at all of our stuff sitting there in this room in, you know, in this apartment in Portland, Oregon, a state, a city we've never been to before. And now here's all of our shit in this apartment. And he's, like, tears are in his eyes. He's, like, what did we just do? And I was, like, I don't know. <laughs> and now it's five years later and we love it here. We'll be here for the foreseeable future. Um amazing group of friends. I love my job. I, yeah, I just, this is home for me. Being in the nature feels like home for me. So yummy here. Yeah, that's amazing. I've always been intrigued about Portland and wanted to go there, even though I've never been. And, but it's such a journey and such a like experience moving somewhere, not knowing anyone. You're like, it's amazing in a way because you're like, we're starting fresh, but at the same time, you're like, I can't just call my family or my best friend to come over. I'm like a state or two, like however far away. So it's scary too, in a way, but it's like leaning into that. And I feel like it is a really good chance to like get vulnerable with new people. I mean, in most of the places that I've moved, when I tell them that I'm new, they're like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. Like I want to show you around, you know? And so people are very welcoming in that sense. And I'm sure Portland has a strong sense of community too. So that's oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that holds so many people back, right? It's like, well, no, what if there's an emergency? It's like, then get a flight back home. Totally. You know, or, you know wherever. It's just like, you can't let those, those fears hold you back forever. Yeah. I'm curious too. You mentioned that you and your husband don't want kids. Have you guys ever been, or have you always been on the same page about that? Yeah. You know, I have not wanted kids since I can remember. And I don't know. I mean, as a woman, I think it's just in our blood, in our mind to be a little bit more, oh, conscious of that idea of kids or no kids since we're way younger. You know, I don't think men ever are asked about or, you know, are asked about it as much until maybe they get older and they're in their 30s. You know, since we're young, we're like, you know, been thrown baby dolls to. And, you know, when you're a mom someday and you're like, yeah, or not. And yeah, I've just always known, like, I don't want kids. I think I would be a 
really fun mom and I don't want kids, you know? Yeah. And, and there's so much more beyond fun, right? I think it's great. I think we'd be great parents. I mean, we just are, you know, I think our conflict, Jake and I's conflict resolution, I think it would be so good. But yeah, it's just not there for us. And for him, I just don't think he really thought about it until he was in a really committed relationship and, and getting older. And yeah, I think my my strong kind of stance of like, no, has worn off on him. And he really doesn't want kids, you know, and so it works out really well. Yeah. And I think that there in our society can be a lot of pressure to have kids. And I think it's becoming more normalized not to, but it used to be kind of like stigmatized to be like, I don't want kids. And everyone would be like, well, why? Like, what are you going to do? Um, and it's like, there's so much more to life. You got to respect people's decision. Like everyone has a different life path. Not everyone is meant to be a mother just because we have that biological possibility, you know? Um, so I totally respect you just like owning your truth on that. Thank you. And yeah, I don't know if there's a good time to mention this part of it, but you know, it's, it's such a topic right now in the U.S. And I know you did your episode on your abortion story. And I just want to say like this piece because someone was the example for me because I just, I mean, growing up in Missouri, I always just thought like, oh, if you get pregnant, like you have to, you should have the kid. The only reason you would have an abortion is, you know, you were assaulted. And so, yeah, actually it was in the community we met in, uh, a woman that was married. I mean, now that I'm deeper in that work, I know numerous married women, but um, a married couple, they had an abortion because they weren't ready for a baby. And I was like, like even being in this work, even being in Portland, I know everyone thinks, it's, you know, whatever, it's a whole different world out here. If you ask my family, you know, even though all of these things, even though I'm pro-choice, I didn't even think it was an option. I mean, obviously I knew it was an option, but I was like, oh, we could make it work. And like, if I were to get pregnant, I should have the baby. And learning or hearing about another couple's, married couple's experience, I mean, not that it matters, but you know, that was representative for, for me because I'm a married woman. I was like, oh, they could have had this baby. They could have supported it. And they didn't too. And like, that's great that she felt empowered. They felt empowered to make that decision. And yeah, I would be more than open to an abortion now than I've ever been. Um, and that is because I think it's so ironic. It's because I am so right with myself and with my decisions and I've done so much healing where before I was like, oh, I think I'm too broken. And if I were to do that, it would break me more. Where now I'm like, oh no, like I will like make the decision. Yeah. And I told Jake that the other day, I was like, I feel more like empowered and like comfortable with having an abortion than I ever have. Just so you know, you know, obviously it would, <laughs> he's a part of that. I've always said like, I don't think I would. And and he's very team, like, it's your body. And I'm very team, like, well, this is us. Like, we're a, we're a partnership. Like, sure, maybe I'll make the ultimate call, but, like, your say has just as much importance. So, yeah, I just, if for anyone that's maybe in a, a married relationship and thinks that it's not an option, it is. Yeah, totally. And it's like, you know, obviously no one wants to get an abortion. Like, that's not someone's first choice. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, I'm getting right with my desires for my life and my body and my future. And if I really, truly do not want kids, then regardless of my situation, yes, like the the ability to have an abortion is an amazing thing. And it really is healthcare. So it's, I mean, obviously very concerning everything that has been happening, but I love that you're feeling empowered around it and you're just speaking up about this too, because it's like as a married woman, yeah, there could feel like even more pressure to have that, but, you know, just standing true and, and standing in your power and owning that and like speaking up about it is really empowering. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I always feel like, you know, people end up feeling called to share like their most traumatic stories to like justify it or to open people's eyes. And it's just like, yeah, sometimes it's just not not the time or it, it's a huge commitment. Totally. And, and also, I think that if you already know that you don't want a child, bringing a child into this world would 
you know, eventually lead to resentment toward that child and maybe like a strained relationship and who knows how that could affect the child in the future. So, I mean, I really do think that it's in both of your best interests to really do what's resonant for you and not kind of just make a sacrifice because you think that that is the right thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Hopping on to share a brand affiliate with you all. This is a brand that I love called Kyoto Botanicals. It's a CBD brand that is full spectrum hemp extract made with organic coconut MCT oil and organic essential oils. And that is it. This is very pure, sustainably made and tested as well. If you're not familiar with CBD, CBD is great for supporting a sense of calm, managing everyday stresses, and also recovery from exercise-induced inflammation. One of my favorite benefits is that it helps promote healthy sleeping cycles. They have a peppermint night tincture that I've been taking at night, and I sleep so well, you guys. I sleep like a baby. So if you have issues getting to sleep at night, you will love this. They also have pet CBD, which is awesome, and I think you all will love it. So I do have a code for you. The code is Liz Walsh at Kyoto Botanicals. That's K-Y-O-T-O botanicals.com, and the code is Liz Walsh. And they are also Colorado-based for anyone who's in Colorado. Um, And let me know what you guys think. I think you'll love it. So... I'm curious when, I know we both were in the Desire on Fire and we did start learning about masculine, feminine, polarity, but I'm curious when you started kind of like incorporating and exploring that in your relationship and how that's been. Yeah. Have you talked so much about feminine and masculine dynamics on here? Not yet. No. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I love that. Hmm. So I think that Jake is like goddess was working hard the day she made Jake because he's like such a perfect well-rounded being of the polarities of masculine and feminine he's just it's in his innate nature to be very his, his masculinity is so present you know um physically like muscular you know all that and and then as far as like he can like build shit (laughs) where if it's like you know ikea and it's five pieces i'm like "Eh, i'm not interested like and like there's just these little things that he's just so masculine in and just holds that pull for me so well and yeah i mean we all have masculine and feminine within us and then we all have masculine and feminine within our relationships right it's it's romantically it's with family it's with friends it's in the workplace and yeah i mean i think so much of it was like for jake it's pretty natural which is perfect because i'm the one doing the work right so i'm like oh like most of us that are out here just living our lives in the world and interacting with just everyone else like we're swimming in very masculine waters we're very get shit done we're very productive how much are you producing you know the schedules we pack our schedules full of stuff you know we and nothing in there is about resting or going with the flow being in your creative space and just downtime self-care and self-pleasure it's no one has time for that no one has time for connection because we're all in this masculine um energy and so for me like i've always i've also been very in the masculine of getting things done and how much can I produce? And so what the feminine work has really allowed me to do is integrate more of my feminine. And I mean, that's, you know, I'm in a heterosexual relationship. So like I am the woman. And so it's like, oh, for me to embody more of those traits has just been amazing. And to be in connection with my body. I remember at the beginning of uh, Pleasure Mastery in like one of our pod calls, our pod leader was like, name a body sensation. And I was like, huh? What's that? <laughs> what way? I was like, uh, my neck is tight. I mean, I said that half, half the time because I was like, I don't know any other sensations. And now I could be like, hmm, my toes are cold. My heart's beating fast. And 
<laughs> it's kind of it right now. Oh, my, my vids are very sweaty. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, and, and that's, that's a huge step for me. Like back then I couldn't have really named that. I mean, yeah, that would have been it, but that would have been a body sensation to me, I guess. Yeah, I'm more in connection with my intuition. And that's... That's huge. Yeah, that's huge. And that's so much of the feminine. Open to receiving, right? Mm. When people want to provide. When Jake wants to provide. Not trying to, you know, out-masculine him and interrupt him. Or Yeah, that was one of my biggest learnings, I think, was how much I was blocking receiving in my life and from men and from various people and and just from like manifesting even the things that I wanted and not actually being open to receive. And it's actually like, you know, expanding your capacity to receive too, because it can be like very intense to receive so much sometimes. And especially if you have feelings of unworthiness and, you know, feeling like you are not good enough to receive these things, then that could either subconsciously or consciously be blocking you from receiving. Yeah. And there's also that fear or expectation of of the transaction, right? Oh, if he buys this for me. Oh, if he does this for me, if he helps me take my girl, you know, the person at the grocery store, for instance, helps take my groceries to the car, then does that mean I have to give him my number? If If that person does that, then what do I have to do? And it's like, how about you receive? And I like when I'm receiving, even I noticed I did this whenever I was getting like my performance review at work. Right. And they were, you know, sharing how well I've done, et cetera, et cetera. And I opened my hand, you know, so often we we cross our hands or we interlace our fingers. I consciously put my palms up and just like to help mentally, bodily receive. Mm -hmm. I'm receiving a reflection or anything. I always put my palms up and just helping myself receive. So yeah, yeah, I think receiving is a huge one. And so many of us are turning, turning it off. Yeah, I love just the shift of the body language too, because I used to really struggle with getting feedback from, you know, managers or coworkers and constructive criticism. And I would get triggered because I'd be like, well, obviously I'm not good enough if they're telling me that all these things are wrong with what I'm doing. But, you know, just shifting to being like open to receiving this feedback and, oh, this is good information for me. This is how I can improve. And we're all a work in progress. We all have room for improvement. And so I think that I've come a long way in in terms of accepting and, and being open to feedback and even welcoming it now, which is an area that I struggled with for sure. Yeah, love that. How has your relationship shifted since like incorporating the polarity and does that impact your desire toward each other? Ooh, good question. Well, for context really quick, I thought I would share. I have a couple of like examples of divine masculine just as far as like what that what those traits kind of look like. So like a divine masculine man would be like. And these are just some traits, you know, it's like you're not always going to check all of the boxes and it's always a flow. and. Sometimes, you know, masculine doesn't necessarily mean man. And so, yeah, some of those traits are like protective, present, very present, and they're single focused. And the single focusedness sometimes look, gets looked at as like stupidity, you know, when women like shit on men, which I'm so not here for it, um, when really they are just so single focused, like they're going to get whatever they're working on done. You know, it's like that is their focus. And then when they're done with that, then they're on to the next and they're single focus there. And it's really a beautiful thing rather than, I mean, they're both beautiful, right? It's all polarity. It's like where I'm like working on 10 things at once and I might get 25% of the way through some of them, you know? Yeah. And, and that's fine. It's just who we are. It's who I am. It's who he is. Yeah. And they're, they're logical ones. They're responsible, you know, practical. They're like, figuring out how do I provide this and how do we make that work and what are the next steps? Like I shared with Jake the other day, I I just have this vision that he's going to join me in my coaching business someday because he is like, he's truly a wealth of knowledge with this kind of stuff as well. I don't know if he would say that about himself, but I'll say that about him. And immediately, I don't even think about it. I've been thinking about that for a year plus. I said that to him the other day and he's like, within 20 minutes, 10 minutes, he's like, 
so what do I need to do? What should I start doing? What, what kind of things would I, you know? And it's like, oh, I haven't even thought about that. It's so funny to me. Like men are just always like, how am I going to provide that? How am I going to, you know, make that happen? What are the next logical steps? Mm-hmm. We love that about them. Mm-hmm. And they're stable, they're secure. And like a divine masculine and divine feminine, they're both going to have, you know, some of these traits like honesty, supportive, and boundaries like that is such a divine just really human thing to embody those things so yeah two things came to mind when you were um speaking about that so one is my favorite metaphor of the masculine is like the stable oak tree and like just this grounding presence and the feminine is the river that flows through um so always kind of you know flowing and always evolving and the masculine is holding the presence and just holding. And I love that. It's like calming in a way. So the other thing was, you know, like the single focus before I realized this about the masculine, it was kind of like, well, why doesn't he get it? And, you know, like I was always thinking, and I'm sure other people can relate to this. Like, why can't he read my mind? You know, why doesn't he know these things? Like he knows me. And since they are so single focused, that's not how they work. And we may pick up on things that um, they, without them sharing, but that doesn't necessarily go both ways. I don't know if this is making any sense, but. Yeah, it does. And also, I mean, what's coming to mind when you say that is like women, and I think, and this is just instinctual, like our intuition, it's just more present where maybe we can kind of read their mind and their body a little bit better than than they can just because you know i and i am guessing that's maybe instinctually because of babe like we have typically we have you know whatever we have babies and and to help read their you know what are they crying about you know and, and to help with that obviously you never really know but um yeah yeah no i think that's great yeah so that that whole work and just understanding how differently the masculine and feminine energies work and like are in this world is very eye-opening and it it does make me like love the masculine that much more because i can appreciate them for their innate nature um Mm -hmm. so and i loved your oak tree reference too because sometimes i'll I'll kind of even picture that when I'm being just like chaotic, which is it's not often, but like the other day he mentioned something and I didn't love it. And I was just like, why are you bringing up money? Like I haven't even had my breakfast yet. And I was just kind of chaotic. Right. And he just held like himself, you know, he was, he didn't, I was the one upset. And so he held his, his oak tree so well. And I'm just like, like I hit the wall a little bit. I hit or a little you know I just like angry and you know it's immature and and it was fine you know like sometimes it is immature and I just got to have my moment he could see me he could feel me and after that like he wanted something out of it I wanted something out of it I um I was just like I just don't want to talk about money first thing in the morning and he's like I feel like you need a heads up before every conversation and like I'm like yeah like the important ones like we're gonna sit down and talk about our sex or if we're gonna talk about money like I want a heads up and then I can kind of pick my brain like on the spot intense conversations like just they're hard for me and so and he's like I wish we could just talk about it like spur the moment and yeah and in the end of that conversation it was like we didn't want to fight to be right he could have thought to be right on like how he should just be able to talk about whatever whatever and I could have been like no I hadn't even had my breakfast you know we could have fought to the you know cows pump or whatever and in the at the end of that we just like wanted to connect like I had somewhere to be that day and we kissed we hugged and we were like all right we'll figure it out later like we're fine this is no big deal and then now every first Friday of every month he came up with this First Friday of every month, we have fun with finances. And then I can prepare for it. You know, I have a whole month to prepare for our money conversation. And that's that. so fun. Yeah. I mean, um, and I think for money in particular, that can be like a very tricky topic. So I totally resonate on like wanting to know when that's coming up. For sure. And then, yeah, where I was really trying to go with this was I'll like picture the oak and the the wind, the oak tree and the wind sometimes. 
like every once in a while when the roles kind of flip, you know, if he's having like a moment where he wants to just be like, fuck my job, fuck this day. And I like picture myself, I'm like, oh, I'm the oak tree right now. Like I kind of get to hold the masculine, like while he gets to flow and just bitch about work and like what's coming up for him right now. And I love it. Like I love to be able to to hold the masculine every once in a while or, you know, kind of like paying bills and and taking care of kind of those admin admin kind of home task like putting in a you know work order which he ends up doing that most time but uh like paying the rent you know like that kind of stuff i'm like ooh, like i've paid the rent every month that's just something i've always done that's kind of like taking on a masculine you know yeah i think it can be like a turn on sometimes as long as i'm not having to deal with it all the time well i am because i'm single but <laughs> i feel like it would be sometimes on occasion like i'm like oh like i just paid the bills like look at me <laughs> yeah yes 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 i love that it's like yeah and you can love you know holding your strong masculine and feminine and want you know a partner or and not want one you know whatever it is it's like they can both happen you know simultaneously yeah, so I would love to talk a little bit about like your kinks and turn-ons in a relationship. And um, I know you're also on a threesome journey with Jake right now. So I'd love to get into that. That is so juicy. And how did that desire arise? Ah, ooh, okay. Loaded question. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, threesome, I pretty much fall under kink. So we can start there. Yeah, that journey. So had a couple I had a couple of threesomes with my ex-partner and they were very just drunken well I like not really said this to anybody <laughs> um one of them was very drunken and I mean it was not like bad it just wasn't great you know and there was opportunity for it to be just really awesome and communicative right just like a drunken spontaneous it's exactly what it sounds like it's gonna be no regrets right mm-hmm. uh, and my other one with my ex it was it was a little bit more conscious. It was I'm so hesitant to say it, but YOLO. Um, it was with a sex worker actually. Like we were driving to California and we stopped in Nevada, and it, it was such an interesting experience. And I wish, I mean, that was such a bad relationship that my mind has dropped so much memory from that whole relationship, and I wish that I remembered more. But I remember bits and pieces anyways so that kind of sparked it right like I've experienced it and I thought it was so fun well he ended up cheating on me and so then it's kind of like well shit is it like well you let him have a threesome and then they cheat and it's like that's also not fair because that's not true like he was a different human than Jake will ever be mm-hmm. and so I I cannot put that on him so I probably expressed expressed to Jake two years into our relationship that I like fantasize and would love to have a threesome with him and he was on board and you know i think maybe a week or a month later he's like oh i have someone like he comes home i don't even know what the deal was i i worked nights in college so who knows at some point i wasn't with him one night you know whatever he comes home and he's like oh there's someone i think would be awesome or someone i could see or i don't even know how i word it but i was like no there isn't (laughs) i don't think so and yeah. And so it's kind of been, it'll come, it'll be a conversation and then it'll kind of die off and it'll come back and go away. Um, but right now it's the most present it's ever been. And and I really think that the healing work for this and just um, expanders or, you know, kind of role models that of other people that are kind of in, in that world of, of kink and uh, playing sexually. And, you know, he, Jake listens to a few different podcasts that are very sex-based um and with that comes communication i mean it's a podcast about sex so it's like they're literally just communicating about their experiences their desires their boundaries what they've been through and these are awesome podcasts you know doctor you know sex with emily and a couple others and it's like these are really awesome people to be learning from and so then he's listened to these podcasts for years so he uh, he really understands the perspective of a woman as much as you can without being a woman i think and yeah i I just think there's so much communication and knowledge around it that it makes it really fun i mean yeah like right now we're on an app and i think it just feels like it's such a journey because it's like man we we swipe no 
to so many and it's such a weird thing right I mean this isn't as weird because your your aesthetics does matter but you're still not being able to like pick up the energy of someone right and so yeah we actually went on our first date with a woman like two weekends ago and how was it it was good yeah you know we we met I'm trying to think what time like I think we sat there and like talked bs for like three or three and a half hours yeah and we left and i you know i was like i wasn't a for sure yes or no which that probably could have been my sign that if it's not a hell yes like you know but i mean we get in the car to leave i mean it was all good got goodbyes and we get in the car we're not even in the car one block down the road and jake's like i what i heard from that conversation is she's really looking for attention so she's in a relationship with a woman and I think she was kind of the secondary partner um, with a woman. Like, so I think, you know, her girlfriend had kind of a, a primary partner. And so she was kind of seeking more attention. And she essentially did say that, like, you know, my girlfriend has another partner. And so I really want more attention. Mm-hmm. And he, he heard that. And that's the provider in him heard that, right? Can I provide? And it was a no. Mm-hmm. So like in the car, he's like, hey, she really wants is seeking attention. And. Like, we can't, I don't think we can provide, like, what, like, the amount of attention she's wanting, the amount of, you know, right, what she's looking for, I don't think we can provide. And I was like, oh, my God, the provider in you is so hot right now. (laughs) It is. Yeah, that's such a turn on. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got to tell her, you know, because she she messaged us um, the next week, and I was like, hey, what are you all up to this weekend? And I was like, fuck, you know, that's when you don't want to, like, tell someone no, essentially. Jake's like, oh. And then it's so funny that he uses this word, right? He's like, oh, the people pleaser in me does not want to tell her no. And I was like, yeah. Good totally. thing it's me that has to do. I mean, I don't have to, but you know. Yeah, like right now, you know, the apps are on my phone. I kind of pulled the, I would say I'm kind of holding the masculine in that, in the journey. We don't get on the apps a ton. I mean, you know, it's just a weird thing. Like, I don't know. Like, oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> I took some uh, some time off the apps for a while, but I'm back on them. So I, I know how it is. <laughs> yes, and it's weird messaging people, especially when it's this dynamic, right? Because it totally like you don't want to feel like like ooh, like a tigery. Like you're like, oh, pouncing on. I'm like, oh, you want to come join? You know, you like, and we like want to have. We're just such a fun, goofy, playful. Like, and we're just like, how do you bring that kind of energy into it? You know, and like mm-hmm. we want it to be so conscious, and it's like, well, we also don't want it to be like so conscious and communicative where it like takes you out of it too right but um yeah i mean there's so much behind just having conversations around desires boundaries and you know what does this mean and then what kind of atmosphere, atmosphere does everyone need and and yeah just what does that look like for everyone what's the word or what's and what's the signs if you know someone's uncomfortable and, and where do you go from there and yeah there's there's a lot to it and, and one boundary it just came to mind to share really quick is like I don't want to do any of that in my, in our apartment. Like, this is our space. This is my space. This is his space. Like, I don't want, yeah, I just don't want anyone here. I love that boundary. Yeah. I was just going to ask what your boundaries are around the experience that you're willing to share and also like how you're communicating. I'm curious, like, are you both on the apps or is one of you, you know, messaging people more so? Are you always like, we have to share these messages whenever they come through? Um, How does that work? Yeah. So, as I was kind of starting to say, it's like I'm holding the masculine. Um, and by that, I mean like both the, the apps were on two. They're both on my phone. We message from my phone and that is a boundary, a preference of mine. And, you know, what other boundaries do we have? I have. Like, have you created any boundaries around the actual experience? So we we want to meet up at least once in person. I would say probably two to three times before anything sexual. My guess, and I, this is where the intuition and like feeling into my body is going to come really into play, where it's like, I'm probably going to feel it out with the person and where we're at, right? Like, my guess is we'll probably have a couple words just talking, getting to know each other, boundaries, desires, all of that. And then maybe the next time it would be like, you know, we can sexually play, but nothing no penetration. And then maybe after that would be like tration. Yeah. But as far as the actual experience, think fairly open to everything. I would say like a condom is a must. Um, I think if there's anything else. 
and I'm and you know things are gonna come up that if we just haven't even like got you know we've swiped I don't even know how many people but you know we're only saying yes to like five percent of what comes our way and then to actually match with someone and then you message and to actually get responses going mm-hmm. and then to actually meet up like it's such a process so, it's rare you know, yeah it's like we're picky so we're attracting picky people I think and then yeah so it's just it's it's taking some time and i think that's fine it will all happen in divine timing a hundred percent and yeah i think i could so have the fear and and of course it can come and go sometimes but it's it's pretty healthy um i'm just like well what if he leaves me and it's like i I could fucking leave him too you know Mm -hmm. like that's one huge thing that came out of pleasure mastery for me it was like i really got to feel into and have approval for my sexual attraction to women you know and like i grew up where heterosexual is like default and anything else is like weird and you have to come out and it has to be a show and a conversation and it's like no actually i decided it in the middle of our weekend immersion on the beach in florida i was like "Mm, okay and I like had to sit with that for like a month before I fully told Jake. So I was like, shit, I've never been single in an approval of this part of me. So is it something I need to go explore? And like, if the answer is no, but it took me some time. And, and I came to him and I was like, hey, like beyond just like wanting to sleep with women with you, like really attracted to them. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I wish you would have told me sooner. I would have loved to like supported you over this time. And I was like, no, I like needed to like figure out my way without anyone else. And that was me really my masculine, right? I wasn't able to receive love or support around that. Like I was just like sitting by myself, like in my journal, like, ah, what do I do with this? Totally. Yeah. And, and so it's like, okay, either of us could fucking leave each other. Like, am I going to sit here and like be scared of that forever? Like that's, I can't do that. I have to live a, a fun life. Yeah. No, it just, definitely takes a lot of like security and trust in each other to even be willing to go on that journey of a threesome. So I, you know, I commend you for that. That's, that's awesome. And I cannot wait to hear like how this journey unfolds. I'm so excited to hear more. Um, I'm curious if, if you have any tips, if listeners might have like a similar desire or are interested in exploring something sexually that they might not know how to speak up on, if you have any tips for how to um, speak that desire. Yeah, absolutely. There was one story I wanted to share really quick just around all of this and then around like masculine and and so jay came to me the other day a few weeks ago and he was like hey i just want to share like i'm feeling really guilty because i feel excited for this experience and this journey and and i'm, I'm feeling guilt around it like i shouldn't have that because like you and like why am i excited about someone new and i was like well when you say that like my heart races and i feel like my stomach turn because it's hard to hear but like I think that's really normal and like I'm excited too for something you know and like I think there's so much fear of like oh no it's something new like I'm on the I'm looking for the that new shiny object again and just being really um conscious with yourself of like this is an experience I really want to have and it's not just chasing the new shiny thing right and yeah I kind of share that just because in that moment, I like shared how my body felt. And I think so often it's like, oh, he, he should have been able to tell I felt that way. And it's like, or you're like, you know, I'm a no, or, you know, whatever passive statement you make. And where I, I'm like getting to this point where I think when we can share the body sensations we feel, people can relate to that. He's felt his heart race and his stomach turn before, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, that's weird. Or, you know, it's like, what are the feelings behind that? Right. Oh, yeah. I just want to share that really quick. Yeah. So tips for sharing desires. We have a really fun practice where every once in a while, and this is not, this is not in the masculine. We don't have any much structure around this, but we'll just hit each other, not hit each other, but we'll be like, Hey, hit me with a gratitude and a desire and like a gratitude and a desire. And so it's fun because typically sometimes if you're asking that you probably have the desire to share. So you're kind of like opening it up by letting the other person kick it off with a desire and a gratitude i have a desire too it's this and if it's really edgy you can like ask for permission like hey i have something to tell you i feel kind of scared like are you available for it and like people and that's another thing it's hey i'm scared people have been scared before you know like 
okay, I'm scared and I want to share something with you. People are like, oh my God, yeah. Love and support around this. And I desire XYZ. And I think another huge thing is attitude of approval. I mean, we were taught that. And I think it's huge in relationships and friends and in romantic partnerships of like, like there's really nothing Jay could say that I'm going to disapprove of. I may not want to engage with it, but like, I'm happy to find a way for him to engage with that. You know what I mean? Like in some capacity, right? And it's like, yeah, just having the attitude of approval. Don't yuck someone else's yum. Like, you're like, wow, I love that desire for you. I'm not available for that, but I love that. And I love that you're in connection with your desire like that. Yeah, totally. Um, and I feel like even just saying like, I am nervous to share this with you. I feel a little bit of like anxiety bubbling up right now. That kind of almost just like breaks the ice already of, okay, we're going to like connect right now and I'm going to share something with you. And no matter what it is, I know that you're going to meet me with that approval, you know, regardless of whether or not you can be there to, to meet that desire. So I love that. And the, the attitude of approval is key. Yes. And then sharing desire without expectation. You know, so it's like important. when I show up with a desire, he shows up for a desire. We can pretty much guarantee like we're each going to have an approval. And yeah, like the other person's going to have the approval. And then you, the one sharing the desire, don't have expectation to it. Don't, oh, I'm telling them I desire this. Now they better do it. It's like, no, you're responsible for your own pleasure. You're responsible for executing your own desires. And like if your desires are all based on someone else's actions and you need to reevaluate your desires. Absolutely. And yeah. then just a quick three, threesome specific. I think it's like so edgy, right? It can be. There are so many steps before it, right? Like you can just, you can engage in a threesome by like dirty talking about it. I like don't love the phrase dirty talk, but for lack of no other term for it, you can dirty talk about it. You can watch porn around it. And there's so many things you can do where you're not actually fucking someone else. Yeah. You can score with, you know, you can go and, to the bar and maybe you flirt with someone in front of your party. You know what I mean? There's just so many little steps, littler. I don't want to, you know, minimize them because those are still really edgy and I get that. Um, but yeah, there's just, there's ways to kind of tap into it without fully executing it. Amazing. And I do have to ask, since this was in your bio, have you always been a squirter? I actually haven't. So I love that you bring this up. And yeah, as I mentioned before we started recording, Jake came up with that first sentence of my bio. And it's just so reflective of of just my personality and and my goofiness and um, my playfulness. Yeah, he came up with that in like 10 seconds. I was like, I really need to come up with a bio. Like I was stumped by it. And he said that in 10 seconds. I was like, God. And it was just too fun not to use. So anyways, no, I haven't. I um I learned it a month before Pleasure Mastery started because I heard in a podcast. So hopefully someone listening to this, relaying the love, they said like there's a sensation you feel when you're, you know, orgasming or, you know, in that state of arousal and you kind of hold off on that sensation or you, you pull back. You don't fully, and it's like a, it's a highly sensitive area. So you kind of avoid that sensation. But what you want to do is you want to push on that. So that can mean two things. And that means two things to me, right? It's like, no, I can feel it in my body where it almost like, it almost feels like you have to pee and you're like not letting yourself, right? You're like, oh, nope, I don't want to experience that sensation fully because I'll pee. So yeah, you want to push on it there and or there's with your hand, there's so much sensation. And so you don't really touch that area. This is again, just for me speaking. But if you actually touch it, it happens. So yeah, I learned a month before Pleasure Mastery. I was I heard that on a podcast. I'm like, push that sensation. Like, quit avoiding it. And so, um, yeah, me and my little Hitachi wand set up in, in the bathtub. <laughs> One November 2020 night, pandemic findings. And yeah, I, I was like, holy shit. And I mean, to this day, it looks way crazier. I mean, it is, there's so much more that comes out of me. And why this is so important to me is because I used to have chronic UTIs. I would get them. I would take three to five, six times a year. 
and they were so chronic. I've ended up with a like $650 bill from one before because I had to go to urgent care because there was no way I could wait till the doctors open on Monday. I mean, they're so bad. I would go to a hospital if I had to, no doubt. I mean, they are debilitating. And I haven't had one since I squirted. So, and this, wow. this, is, a, this is a thing. Like women, when they're in their pleasure, less yeast infections, less, you know, I don't know enough about um, infections and, and all of that of the genitals. So I don't want to speak on it, but I've heard this time and time again from like totally different communities, people, resources. So that's why it means something to me. It's not just like the, the porn-esque part of it, which that's really fun too. Yeah. No, <laughs> but really. I mean, the fact that I haven't had any UTI since and like the fact that I don't have to take antibiotics a few times a year, I'm like, hell yeah. That is amazing. And I, I have a lot of friends who get UTIs all the time. Um, so hopefully, you know, some of these listeners can take these tips into account. And I'm going to even try exploring this on my own. And I will keep you posted on how that goes. But yeah, thank you for sharing that. That is an amazing tip and insight on how to squirt. I wish I was like, yeah, more in the know. But I remember just hearing like, lean into the sensation you want to avoid. Yeah. Totally. Cause it's like, we have, I don't know, it's the sensual shadow, I guess that like, doesn't want to make a mess or literally just make, maybe we think we're actually just going to pee on someone, which I mean, totally. it, it does require a little bit of urinary incontinence, but that doesn't mean that we are like urinating on someone. Yeah. And like, like you know, I've just gotten so comfortable with my body and bodily func functions. Like I just, yeah, it doesn't phase me, but yeah. Yeah. It's, so fun and if it heals heals me in any way i'm here for it right exactly it's pleasurable it's healing so we are here for it and here's to all women finding their squirting abilities agreed agreed <laughs> well this has been so fun thank you so much ashley for coming on thank you for having me and oh, yeah. can you just share really quick where everyone can find you and how they can get in touch yeah, my Instagram is uh, Ashley in the Sky, and Sky is with an E. It's my middle name. Um, best way to find me is on there, and welcome to DM me. Um, there's anything you want to know more about or um, have any questions or anything, feel free to reach out. Okay, awesome. I will put all that info in the show notes. Thanks again, Ashley. This was so fun. Thank you. I had so much fun. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye.